This is Real Business in Real Time with executive coach, Dr. Mark Hinderleiter. Learn what C-suite execs and business leaders have learned in the real-time, real-world school of hard knocks. And now, here's your host, Dr. Mark Hinderleiter. Hi, this is Mark Hinderleiter. Welcome to Real Business in Real Time. You know, I'm an executive coach and I hold a PhD in organization and management. But here's the truth. My greatest lessons in business came from the school of hard knocks, particularly when I was a senior vice president for a billion dollar global company. So the purpose of this show is for listeners to benefit from the real world experiences of successful men and women willing to share their greatest lessons. Today, my guest is Jeanette Marks. Jeanette is CEO of AirSwift, an international workforce solutions provider in the energy, process, and infrastructure industries. AirSwift currently has about 800 employees and about 7,000 contractors literally uh, around the globe in about 60 countries right now. And recently, Jeanette was recognized by the Houston Business Journal in the category of women who mean business. So Jeanette, welcome to Real Business in Real Time. Mark, thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm glad you mean business because I mean to talk business. Let's do it. (laughs) You know, a couple of weeks ago, Jeanette, you and I were having a really good conversation about culture. So uh, let's take a deeper dive into that. And no kidding, in just in a couple of weeks since you and I talked, the world kind of changed under our feet. So I, I think this culture conversation really becomes even more relevant. So let me just kind of, you know, culture's got so many definitions. So how do you define culture? And now that the world has changed, does it matter as much as it did three months ago? The world has changed quite a bit in 2020. Um, It's definitely testing everybody in leadership positions around the world. Culture is really about how a company identifies itself. It's sometimes harder to define because it really starts with the company's shared values and vision, and then it progresses to leadership styles, the behaviors, the practices of an organization. And uh, does it matter? Absolutely. Today, has it changed? Does it matter more? I think it matters more today than ever. Um, As we're speaking right now, most of the world is working remotely, um, except for in essential areas um, and industries. So the type of culture that a company has is really what they need to rely on in order to navigate a time like this. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, again, to an earlier conversation you were and I were having, one of the elements, and, and we'll dig into that here in a minute, is trust. That some organizations are high trust cultures and some are low trust cultures. As people are working remotely, boy, that seems like a big deal to me. That can be a difference maker or a real handicap if that trust culture isn't there. So that kind of leads me to my next question is, what elements are important to you in your culture, to you and your leadership team? So you just mentioned number one. So number one to me is trust. Uh, And I say trust because I believe that it's the foundation on how you make better decisions at a company, how you make those decisions quicker, and how you reduce the hidden costs in that decision-making process. When there's high trust, people will talk openly, they'll challenge openly, they'll have a really good way to communicate with each other and not hold back 
but it just betters the company and it, it makes a, it, it really makes a culture solid in a sense. And once decisions are made, whoever's making that decision, then the rest of the group can really get behind it because their voice has been heard. Um, even if the decision isn't going their way, um, all everything's been heard and there's the trust that the leader, the person who's made that decision knows what they're doing from their experience, from what they see, from their vision to really move it forward. But trust is more important now than ever, especially since people are working remotely uh, to make sure that you've got that solid foundation so that the people who are, the employees who are working from home uh, know that they're trusted as well and will put in the extra effort uh, during a time like this. Yeah, and they also trust that leadership will have their back, you know, right? Um, when they're kind of stepping up and doing their part. Uh, boy, I, that first one just seems to me that um, that can make or break a company during this time, you know, that foundation of trust. So what else, uh, what other couple things are really important to you and your leadership team as part of your culture? At Air Swift, we really strive to build a sense of purpose and achievement among all the people that we work with, uh, whether it's on a team basis or on an individual basis as well. We've really built a culture that recognizes and rewards excellence um, in what we do. Um, and if you have a culture that rewards excellence um, and really highlights those people, you end up with a culture that's rich with opportunities for development. And I think that one of the most important things is developing our people and letting our staff and our colleagues build a long-term and a really fulfilling career. Uh, and as individuals see that, um, they really can, can see their professional own unique aspirations um, be achieved. And I think that really ties into a really unique um, piece of our culture. One of the things that we highlight in our all colleague calls that we do are the people who move around the world. So just because you're in one office or one location doesn't mean that that's where you need to be for the rest of your career. There are so many people who raise their hands for international assignments or for different types of adventures to move to different departments and through their own self-development and the development they get in the company, um, they're, they're able to, to achieve that. So I think that's a big piece. Yeah. You know, so you remind me of something I read uh, several months ago. It was about kind of today's workforce, you know, how it, it's changing. So the article said this, today's workforce wants three things. They want better bosses. They want a career path and they want to work for a company whose purpose they buy into. And that's what I hear you saying. That's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know how common it is, Jeanette, but, but it's pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah. We, do, we do our best. We actually do employee engagement surveys every year and really listen to our, our colleagues on what they say and uh, spend time as a leadership team to dive into their comments, into their feedback. And about four years ago, one of the pieces of uh, the common theme was on our leadership development. So we put a lot of time and effort into making sure that our leaders could rise to the occasion because their scorecard was not to the level we wanted it to be. Um, uh, and uh, it's worked. It's it's proven, and it it was something that we set out with uh, with discipline and focus on, and it's really transformed um, a large part of the company. So listening is 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 not just listening, but responding. Uh, so wow, good for you. So any any last thing on kind of the attributes of your culture that 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 is part of your secret sauce? 
I think the other thing um, about culture is um, about how you make decisions as a team and how you really get behind those. So for instance, uh, we recently, I recently signed the CEO action um, for diversity and inclusion. Um, it's the big CEO pledge. And on that, as we went through it, uh, I shared it with our larger global leadership team. And we did a whole session around what does, it's not just diversity because we've got a really diverse company with all of the different countries that we work in, with all the different types of cultures that we have um, around the world our focus really became inclusion and how do we make sure that everyone feels included no matter what role they're in, where they come from, what what kind of thought process they have and what they bring to the table, what personality type they are. And we went through that process and before I signed it, I wanted to make sure that the leaders were really behind it as well. And there's an I act on pledge um, that goes with it. And as we went through that whole process, um, every single leader got up and signed that pledge with me. So it's not about doing it as one person. It's about it's about approaching it as an entire group because then that, again, transforms that part of the culture that you're looking to improve or enhance or move forward um, to the next level. So diversity and inclusion is really important uh, to myself. It's really important to Air Swift. Um, it's really important to all of the clients that we service as well um, and work with. So that's prominent prominent in our in our culture today as well. Well, fantastic. You know, uh, in my kind of long corporate career, um, and I've done engagement surveys and those kind of things, and culture was always important to me. And one of the just the hard parts of culture. So you've done a great job from what I can tell of defining the culture that you want to be for your the secret sauce for Air Swift. Uh, and then the second thing I just heard you say is, you got your leadership team on board with you. So that wasn't just the CEO driving culture, it was you as a, as a unified leadership team. And boy, that's so important. So that kind of leads me to, so how do you operationalize a culture in all these offices and all these countries so that these things become part of your DNA, that trust is part of your DNA, that inclusion is part of your DNA, that, you know, that a career path and purpose is part of your DNA. How do you do that in, in a spread out organization like you have? So that's all about structure, and it's about the structure that a company puts into place. So it's everything from how do you welcome a new hire to the company, initiate them into the culture that others live day by day, uh, and that can be through your learning and development, and it's it's through example, through what what people see with leadership, and, and a lot of times when you operationalize it, it's through your regular team meetings, it's through communication, it's through what you enforce on a daily basis because if you and reinforce on a daily basis because you can say one thing once but people will forget it and it's it's how do you constantly follow through on that so for instance in in today's world where we're all working remotely you can't have your stand-up team meetings in the morning all together. We've, we've gone to video conferencing. So part of our operationalization of, of how we work today is we've really embraced uh, Microsoft Teams as, our, as the system that we're, we're using quite readily. Um, and we've got you know, our Teams channel set up for everything. We've got videos going out to communicate uh, different pieces of information. And then we also have our 
team meetings where everybody's on video, whether you're wearing your pajamas still um, or whether you're dressed up and put your makeup on for the day. Uh, but it's really about having that connectivity um, so that you can have others that you're, you're you know, hearing from. I guess, um, simply put, we operationalize all of our practices through our people. We're a people business. We put people at the heart of everything we do. Uh, wherever you go around the world, your experience that you receive from Air Swift really should be captured by the high values we drive through our services organization. So, uh, and it's constant communication. It's constantly, you know, calling each other out, supporting each other. We're a company that cares. Um, and the people that we hire and that we we bring into our organization care as well. And so you just, I don't know, you just get a sense of that um, with anybody that you work with at AirSwift. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I want to ask you about something. So one of the elements of your culture is that you call each other out. You yes, challenge each other. Um, how do you do that in a healthy way so that we maintain our great relationships and yet we challenge each other's thinking uh, so that we come up with the best answers possible without kind of making each other really mad and crazy. <laughs> and how do you do that in a constructive way? Uh, so the, f the first thing about that is if you have your foundation of trust, then you know um, what the other's intent are. So where you go wrong is when you question intent. So if the intent is known that it's for a positive reason for that they're coming out because they're um, they, they really want to get to a better answer. If intent is trusted, then you can you receive it better when you're getting called out by somebody else. If intent is not trusted, if intent is questioned, if they're thinking there's an ulterior motive or something else that they're trying to uh, call you out on, that's where I see it get very disruptive. Um, and people um, have a really hard time receiving that type of uh, challenge. Um, so the first thing is making sure that intent is known and that everybody's aligned with what we want the outcome to be, meaning we're in alignment with, we want it to be a positive outcome for whatever it may be, how it looks is what we're going to debate. Uh, so, so I would say normally whenever, whenever somebody um, has a um, adverse reaction to somebody challenging them, it's because they're questioning intent and um, they're also seeing it through a lens of a different level of bias, whether it's unconscious or not. So it's really questioning that bias of, does somebody just say something to that person that made them question the other, you know, and, and be able to really have that conversation. The other thing that we do uh, when we're, we're meeting is, we, this is hard for leaders um, many times because you may ask a question to a group of people and say, okay, is everybody on board? All right, let's go, let's move on. And, if you don't go around the room and ask every single person, those that are more introverted, those that are you know, less inclined to challenge won't speak up. So it's really making sure that you go around the room and everyone has a voice and you ensure that everybody knows they're empowered with that voice, um, whatever it is that they say. Um, and if they say it in a positive way, um, it's received better. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that practice because sometimes the introverts have the best input, don't they? Uh, they really do. They, yeah. they have some insight that when they share it, you're like, whoa, let's build on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I like your strategy of making sure you check in with everybody. And then I found that another piece of that is just making it safe to, right. to, to, to speak your mind as long as the positive intention is there to come up with the best answer. 
You know, it's interesting. So safety is one of our core values. And when people think of safety, they normally think of physical safety because we have people who work out on rigs. We have people who are out in different plants. So you have uh, the physical safety of, of people is really important, but the mental safety of people is equally as important. Yeah. Yeah. And building a safe environment is critical to having that trust and that foundation where you can be really open with each other as well. Yeah. So Jeanette, you just mentioned safety uh, and that's important in your industry. So is it still as relevant with kind of the switch from the office to, to home? I think this one has had an enhanced relevance to it now because when people are working from home, their mental health is so important because they're not having as many physical, like social interactions yeah. with people in yeah. person. And it, it's interesting too, because there's so many, so many people who are scared right now, um, whether it's about their health, whether it's about their job, whether it's yeah. about personal security. Um, there's a lot of fear in the world right now, just around um, the pandemic and what's happening. So this is extremely important to make sure that people feel connected, um, yeah. feel safe, and that psychological safety is uh, really, really important to uh, keep people top of mind. We've been coaching people to make sure that they, if they can, depending upon where they're at, go outside and take a walk. Um, make sure that you're doing exercises in your house. Make sure that you get up and walk around um, in between different meetings. Make sure that you're really finding ways to be active still um, and not just being, uh, you know, sitting all day long um, through it and finding different ways to interact. And that's also why the video calls are so important because you can actually see the people you're talking to, feel connected to them more. And uh, um, it's just, it's healthy. The majority of thoughts that go through people's minds are negative. And um, to go through that filter and to get that to a positive takes that interaction with other people um, many times over. So staying positive through a time like this is, is critical. You know, you just reminding me that leadership is always critical to success. I think it's even more critical now uh, because we have to manage a little bit differently, you know, because of we're all remote. And so what, what you said is really resonating with me is um, more touch points are important right now because people are scared and feel and isolated. That's right. You know, um, one of the things I was thinking about uh, about this conversation is uh, you run a global operation and I've and I've traveled internationally on business for a long time and each country has its own culture. So how do you kind of blend your organization's culture and aspirations with countries that have different cultures? How do you, how do you make all that work? That is a key challenge yeah. uh, because you're right with a culture spanning so many different geographies around the world, you've got local cultural nuances um, in different regions, every country, even within those countries have different regions that may have their own, you know, cultural take on it as well. And we've really aimed to create a culture everyone can feel a part of, regardless of the location that they're in. And I'll give you an example of that. So at Air Swift, we're, we're 
really proud of our social responsibility. So uh, we operate in communities around the world and it's really vital that we have a positive impact in those communities that we live and work. So we have a longstanding commitment to corporate social responsibility and it's really in the fabric of our culture. So one of the things that we did was we did the very first ever uh, global Relay for Life. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Relay for Life is tied to um, cancer awareness and cancer research. And cancer really touches almost everybody in the world in one, one way or another, um, whether personally or through others that you know. And it does, it knows no borders. Uh, so to do our global relay, instead of saying, this is what you must do in every country, we created the, the vision in the top line perspective of what we were trying to accomplish, which was raising funds for education, awareness, uh, research for cancer. We teamed up with 29 different cancer societies around the world, and every country got to do their own take on what their Relay for Life was. So whether it was running or hiking a mountain or you know going and bowling, it, it was everybody did something a little bit different, and it was meaningful to them in how they did that, but it tied into the greater corporate culture and vision of what we were trying to accomplish. So we've had that going for a number of years now, and it runs off on its own to the point where people uh, raise their hand when it gets to the third quarter and they're like, we're ready to go. Uh, this is what we've already have planned. So that's when you know it's really embedded um, yeah. into the company. That, that's a great example. So I love the social responsibility uh, aspect of your business. So how does that enhance your culture? That relay for that global relay for life event. You know what? It ties us to our local communities. It ties us to um, each other. I will say, I'll give you another example. So Papua New Guinea is a country that we do a lot of work in. And for those that don't know, it's off the coast of Australia, close to Indonesia. And uh, um, it's, it's, a, it's a country that needs a whole lot of education around cancer. And so we've teamed up there um, with the Foundation for Cancer and the uh, Papua New Guinea Cancer Society. And we've invited our clients, our contractors, our teams, um, the local community there, and we do education. We we share um, the knowledge of what we know with the doctors, with you know the the local representatives, and it just gets us tied into more than what we do. What we do is provide people work. We provide people their lifestyle. We provide people, you know, really how we can transform their lives through what they do on a day in and day out basis. But to give them access to work, they need to be healthy. And I think what this helps us in our communities is, you know, are you doing your preventative screenings? Are you doing the things that, that keep you healthy that we can, we can try to, you know, stop that curve and um, keep as many people as possible healthy, which is frankly, really timely right now with the yeah. COVID-19 virus and how we're talking about social distancing and being very careful um, around each other. Uh, so I, I think there's a lot of different uh, viruses and diseases out there that this is not going to go away when it comes to education on how yeah. to keep yourself, your families, and each other healthy. Well, uh, with kind of what you're describing with your uh, social responsibility where my experience doing that kind of thing in a company is it just creates such a source of pride um, and, and unity in a, in a company. Is that kind of your experience too? 100%. Um, we're really proud of what we've been able to, to, 
to give um, and to do together. Um, and it really just builds the team um, spirit and collaboration. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and, and frankly, our, our teams are quite um, competitive with each other too. So <laughs> it's been quite interesting to see how they try to one up it every year. Uh, I had a team that did a 24 uh, hour hike uh, to take it back to the spirit of the very first uh, Relay for Life. Uh, so you, you, you definitely get them stepping it up. <laughs> Talking a little smack can be healthy, right? Yeah, <laughs> when, it, when, it, when it's for a good cause. Uh, so great conversation about leadership and culture. So I want to kind of, my last question that I really ask everybody is, you know, as you think about your career, and you've had a lot of success, Jeanette, what's the greatest lesson that you've learned from the old school of hard knocks that you'd like to share with listeners? You know, there's there's a personal lesson, which is that you can really control and drive your own career. There's a lot of decisions that you can make throughout your, your career as to different points of where you want to take it. And if you're open to hearing and to knowing, okay, should I take that promotion? Should I move, you know, my family and my house? Should I, should I, you know, take on this new challenging assignment, which I don't know if I can do or not really putting yourself out there and controlling and navigating your own career um, is within your own control. Many times people feel like things happen to them, um, but it's how you respond and it's how you feel that ownership over where you can take your career. Um, I will say in your career, if you put the right people around you in leadership, it gets a whole lot easier. So knowing how to really partner and hire um, tremendous people that complement your skills and complement your attributes um, really helps to, to drive the type of outcomes that you're looking for. But on a personal level, I just, I, I talk to so many people and I just want to say, own your career, own your outcomes, know that nobody else can control it but you, um, and that no matter what happens, uh, whether you get laid off or whether you get, you know, uh, torn into a different direction that you weren't expecting, how you embrace that, your attitude towards it, and how you just run towards it and, and deal with that at the moment really makes all the difference in where you take your career. Okay, great advice. Uh, I really appreciate that. So, Jeanette, thank you. I, I know we could go another hour easily. So this was a great conversation. And uh, thanks, everybody out there for tuning in. You know, great podcasts are the new MBA. So keep listening. Thanks a lot. Thanks for joining us on Real Business in Real Time with executive coach, Dr. Mark Hinderleiter. Be sure to connect with Mark Hinderleiter on LinkedIn, check out his leadership tip of the week, and subscribe to this podcast on the app of your choice. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>